Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Over the last few weeks, we've been exploring this theme, bridge builders, and, and seeing how it is that, that we can build, build bridges to the gospel of Jesus. And today, as we look at the Apostle Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 2, we'll be reminded how it is that Jesus breaks down barriers between all people. I think if you're a fan of any kind of vinaigrette or any kind of, any kind of salad dressing, you probably have read on the back of the bottle before you've used it, shake well before using, right? I don't know how that chemistry works, but probably once upon a time in my high school chemistry, I learned about the process of emulsification. Do you guys remember that one from chemistry? Maybe a little bit. I'm no scientist and so are resident chemists and those of you who are chefs could probably explain it a lot better than I do. But emulsifier is an agent that allows two things that normally don't mix together to be able to be bonded or blended together like oil and water, right? So that idea of emulsifying happens in probably way more food than we even realize. Some common food emulsifiers are egg yolks and mustard. They have this way of allowing those two different things to literally bond together so that they can be blended. It's kind of what Paul's talking about in Ephesians chapter 2, isn't he? An emulsifier of sorts. And he's not talking about food, but he's talking about people. How can two people who might be at odds with each other be brought together? And he's not talking about some sort of bonding agent that keeps food holding together, but the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus which unites all people as God's own children. And so today as we take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to see how the Apostle Paul encourages us to watch God breaking down barriers. And like some of the members of the congregation to which Paul wrote, we have a tendency to see differences in others than we have in ourselves. But it's Paul who reminds us that it's Jesus' blood that reconciles all people. Listen again to how Paul begins our text today in verses 11 and 12. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Can I direct your attention to the very first word of the text, the word, therefore, we, we do it in English too, but it's, a, it's one of those words in Greek that, that has a special marker to demonstrate that a conclusion is being drawn from what was said before. So if we're going to see that Paul's drawing a conclusion from what's said before, then maybe it's important to go back to what the therefore is taking us back to, the first 10 verses of Ephesians chapter 2. I might encourage you to take a look at those verses Sometime this week, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, they're a beautiful summary of God's plan of salvation. Paul begins chapter 2 by reminding the Ephesians and each one of us that we're dead in our transgressions and sins, but that we've been made alive by Christ, and that it is through grace, God's grace and faith that God has given us that we are rescued. 
And then in verse 10, Paul says this, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Those verses serve as the beautiful backdrop for what Paul is about to say in verses 11 and following. This handiwork that we are to do the good works that God's created for us to do. You see, as Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians, he knows the tension that exists in the early Christian church between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. There's a tension that exists between them. They don't mix sort of like oil and water because of the way that they've practiced their faith. To the Old Testament believer, the Jewish believer, they're God's chosen people. The ones who God set apart through Abraham and all of his descendants to be that special nation through whom the promised Messiah would come. The Gentiles, on the other hand, I suppose we could say, were brought to, the, brought to Jesus later and in different ways. Paul says that they are foreigners, outsiders, excluded, without hope, and without God. Maybe we could stop and ask ourselves, why? Why does Paul dredge up the past for the Gentiles and seemingly stoke some of the tension that exists between the Jewish believers and the Gentile ones. Might it be so that he could highlight how Jesus makes all the difference? Hold on to that thought for a second. I'm not sure what this young man is looking for or looking at. But maybe there's a little picture there for each one of us. You all know about FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. And don't we live our lives that way a little bit? Like, what if we don't get an invitation to something that everybody else is invited to? Or what if we're not included in a group of friends? What if we're always on the outside looking in? You, you know the sting of that, what that feels like. And that's how Paul is describing the Gentile Ephesians, on the outside of God's promises looking in. But you see, God changed all of that. And he changed it in the person of Jesus. And that's what he wants both Gentile and Jewish believers to understand. Listen to verses 13 to 15. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. See, what Paul is driving at is the one thing that makes everyone the same. The great equalizer which is found only in the Savior Jesus. We all stand before God needing what Jesus has done. And this forgiveness that Jesus provides for us on the cross is for all people. That's how Paul can say that God has made the two one. Like mixing oil and water, it's the blood of Jesus that brings people together because it makes us all the same. People who need the grace of God and people who have it in the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. See, the dividing wall that stood between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians had a lot to do with the laws. The laws that were both found in Scripture and then others that were added that weren't found in Scripture, but they created this separation. The Jewish believers took very seriously their position as God's chosen. And for a time, God needed 
the Old Testament believers to follow the laws that he had given them to separate them from all other nations. It's why God wanted them to be separate from all the other nations that's important. He wanted people to see that something special was going to happen through the nation of Israel, that someone special was coming, that the Messiah was going to be born through that nation. And when Jesus came, the need to be separate was gone. But I think you can understand that that dividing wall that existed between the Jews and Gentiles was not something that they could simply flip a switch and just stop doing. People who had spent their whole lives following the Old Testament law wanted to keep doing so. They felt it was part of their responsibility as a, as a believer in Jesus. But to the Gentiles who had never done those things, they couldn't understand why they were at times being required to accomplish them. And so this attention existed. It's what Paul's trying to address with the blood of Jesus. Maybe today we don't have some of the same struggles that the Christians in Ephesus had. But it's easy for us to put up walls too, isn't it? I want you to hold on to that thought for just a moment. There are some who believe that Paul is talking about a very specific dividing wall between the Jews and the Gentiles that existed in the temple area of the temple of Jesus' day. I don't expect that you'll be able to see it, but let me sort of highlight it for you over here. This little wall that ran around the courtyard of the temple was called the Sorig. It was probably, people think, about two and a half to three feet tall, and around that entire fence were signs. Archaeologists have unearthed some of these signs that basically said to those who are not purified, those who are not clean to come into the temple area, they were risking their very lives to cross that barrier. That was a barrier that separated Gentiles from the Jewish people. And so Paul wants to address that in Jesus all People, Jews and Gentiles alike, are made one. I know we don't have walls like that today, but don't we still have a tendency to put up those same walls? When we make judgments about other people on behalf or on, on, based on the way they behave, based on the way they appear, based on the way they talk, aren't we doing the very same thing? When we get a picture, of what somebody is like in their lives and wonder if they're truly worthy of God's grace, we've thrown up a wall. The question maybe to be asked is this, how can people who know God's grace, who know that we've been rescued only because Jesus took our place, how can we feel like we're any better than anybody else? Isn't that rescue of Jesus enough to make us realize that that's what God wants for all people? That it's Jesus who tears down those walls? That it's Jesus who wants to be for all people? God, our Savior, wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. It's why God sent Jesus. Listen to the concluding verses of our text. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. That's what God wants for all people, 
to live together in unity, in the joy and peace that, that he alone can bring. And the way that he brings that unity is found in the cross of Jesus, where Jesus shed his blood to win the forgiveness of sins for all people. Because Jesus was willing to go to a cross, because of his sacrifice for us on that cross, there's no need for jealousy, rivalry, hostility, because it's all forgiven in Jesus. Maybe you've had experiences like I've had where you don't say the right things or, or do the right things and it causes a tension between you and another person or a group of people. And you wonder if there's ever going to be peace in that relationship ever again. And maybe those kind of things are difficult. But when we look at the peace that we have in Jesus, when we look at the peace that we have with God because Jesus has already forgiven all of our sins, it's only in that peace that we can live at peace with one another. And even if we can't necessarily put aside all of the hurt that we've caused or that others have caused us, can't we at least think this? People who believe in Jesus and all people who know what Christ has done, we're not going to have those tensions in heaven. We're going to get along with everyone and have the peace that God and unity that God wants us to have. Maybe not a bad idea to start practicing here. That peace and unity that comes through the forgiveness of sins. As if to underscore that peace that we have and the unity that it brings, Paul says one last thing in verse 18. He says this, Through him we have access to the Father by one Spirit. Both Jews and Gentiles, all people, have the right and the privilege because of the sacrifice Jesus has made to go to the Heavenly Father in prayer. Isn't that something to celebrate? To celebrate what Christ has done for us, to celebrate the joy of knowing that the sins of every single person have already been forgiven on the cross. And then to see all people as Christ does. To see every single person as a soul that matters. Someone that Jesus wants to bring with him to an eternity forever. And as we seek to break down barriers and let the gospel take care of those barriers, we want to build those bridges to others, to the gospel, and ultimately to eternal life through the invitation that the gospel provides. Paul says it so clearly in Romans chapter 3 when he writes this, There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, we are often quick to recognize how others are different. And, and in those recognitions, we, we often pass judgment. In his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus warned us against self-righteous judging when he asked this question, Why do you seek to take the speck of sawdust out of your brother's eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Number two, the blood of Jesus shed on the cross brings us peace. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It brings back together two things that were separated. And the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 9 says this, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But since Jesus shed his blood on the cross, we can be assured that all sins are forgiven. Finally, number three, we have a message of forgiveness and peace to share with everyone. In his own words, Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As I was thinking about walls that have come down, I, I couldn't help but think of the Berlin Wall. Maybe you remember that President Reagan gave a speech in 1987 at the Berlin Wall and you might even remember his famous quote, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Well, it took over two years, but in 1989, November of 1989, the wall began to be torn down. What had separated the citizens of Germany from East and West German, uh, Germany was now gone. For 30 years, they had lived with that wall and that separation. As amazing as it is, as historical as that event is, isn't the breaking down of walls that Jesus does far more important? Because it isn't about citizens being able to be together. It's about all people recognizing the great equalizer, the blood of Jesus, which forgives all of our sins. It's about building bridges to that gospel so that others can hear the good news about Jesus and join us for an eternity in heaven. Jesus breaks down barriers. Let that gospel that you know and believe and love, that fills your heart every single day, let that spill over into our lives as we build those bridges to others and ultimately to an eternity with our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.